We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey Hoop Stats fans, welcome to another episode of the Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast. As always, you're here with Megan Gower. Super excited to be back on today for just a little over a week from the WNBA season, so lots of exciting things to talk about. And I'm here today with Aaron Barzali, our Hoop Stats founder. Hey Aaron, how's it going? I am doing well. It's good to see you, Megan. Good to see you too. Yeah, we're recording live on Zoom today, so we can actually see each other's faces, so that's fun. <laughs> live for us, not live well, for yeah, our yeah. listeners today. That's true. Um, but we're always experimenting here at Air Hoop Stats, <laughs> and uh, today we are experimenting a little bit with technology. A little uh, distance socializing. I decided to also uh, break out a beer tonight, uh, try and mix it up a little. <laughs> yeah, I've got a glass of wine too, and it's finally not 9 million degrees in Connecticut, so that's a win. It's like actually comfortable out right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually sitting outside uh, as I see you are on my back uh, porch. Hopefully there's not too much uh, background noise. <laughs> yeah, same. Honestly, probably less background noise than in the house, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see one of the, uh, I don't know if this has ever happened when we've had a video calls, but one of the fun features of my nice little town in central New Jersey is it has a volunteer fire department and <laughs> they have this like incredibly loud air raid siren when the uh, <laughs> alarm goes off and the firemen need to firemen and firewomen uh, need to uh, come to the uh, station. So we'll, we'll see if you have to edit that out at some point uh, during recording. <laughs> That'll be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got my beer. We'll see if that that came through as well. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been an interesting week. What do you think we should talk about? No, there's so much to talk about. I feel like I feel like we have to start with the WNBA because I mean, what we're almost a week from the season, a week from Saturday. So this will come out tomorrow. So it'll be like eight days until the season sips when this comes out tomorrow, which is exciting. 
so close. <laughs> Exciting, also a little scary. We've been doing a lot of work uh, here at Herubstat to uh, kind of have some new uh, exciting things going on for uh, the new season. We'll see how much of that we get done at some level. I wish I had a couple more days to uh, get everything together, but uh, definitely excited for the uh, seasons to start. Um, should I tease some of the things that are going on or uh, yes, be cryptic about it? Well, I think the number one thing is that, uh, you know, I've been working very hard on adding WNBA stats to the site. So uh, if you're one of our dedicated podcast uh, listeners, uh, you'll be among the first here. And I think actually, frankly, that there are quite a lot of people, organizations doing a lot of different exciting things. I expect a lot to be unveiled next week of kind of things people are planning. Um, I'll be interested. I don't know how many of them have been working on it for a long time uh, as we have, or, uh, you know, how many things are going to come together. And even in our case, some of it might be a few days after the season starts if uh, running into any final uh, technical hurdles uh, before launching that. But uh, I think it's going to be exciting to see all the energy around the WNBA season. Agreed. I'm super excited. I mean, so many games on national TV, I think. So the first one is Sabrina's debut and Stewie's return on Saturday next weekend. So I believe that's an ESPN or ABC yeah, one of the two. I think the first two games are 12 Eastern and I want to say three Eastern. That sounds right. Yeah. So schedule, I think pretty much every time that there's games, there's three games in that day. So have yeah. plenty of plans. Triple header, right? So it's, yeah. uh, I think the first two games are maybe, I don't even know, is it ESPN, ABC? I should probably have I should looked know, at that ahead of time. <laughs> but and then I think the last, I think the last game is on uh, Monumental. Uh, it's a Washington um Dallas is it or, or it's either Dallas or Indiana. And I think that one's on uh, for league pass uh, subscribers. You able to, uh, to get that, or at least I'm, I think so. I know that it's always a challenge uh, <laughs> to watch games. We need to uh, maybe update our article that uh, Calvin, I think, wrote last year about all the different ways to uh, watch the WNBA if you're a fan. But very exciting to uh, see the investment. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that is also exciting is that they said ESPN's basically going to decide mid-season, I think, which games they want to carry, which, you know, just helps make sure that we get good games uh, on TV all season. Yeah, definitely. I'm putting in a plug there. Like I said in my article this week for a Chicago, uh, Connecticut game on ESPN. I don't think either of those have picked up by national networks yet. So hopefully we'll get yeah, one of fine. those. Yeah, I expect that'll be a good game. Um, so hopefully we'll get one. But yeah, lots of I think there's already 24 games on the ESPN group schedule. So quite a few games there to begin with and then they're planning to add more. So that's exciting. And obviously just we haven't seen what live basketball since I don't know, March like 14th, 15th probably. So just excited to watch some live basketball. I think it's March 12th really, right? I think the 11th was a Wednesday was the Rudy Gobert NBA okay. game. I think Thursday there were games played, then they canceled. I think it was I think, Thursday. Yeah, so if it was that Thursday was when the last games were played, it was just like one Big East game, I'm pretty sure, that got can't play and everything else got canceled and that game might have even got like canceled in the middle of it I forget what happened there but so yeah it's been over almost four months it'll have over four months over four months so yeah. it's like an eternity it feels like a whole different world right <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The other thing, it's worth pointing out, right? So I don't know about you. I get CBS Sportsnet, so um, I think there. I want to say forty games again this year on uh, Sportsnet, and then I think Twitter is covering them as well. Although I don't know that all the details of that have been um, fully spec'd out. So um, yes. you know, there's really going to be, I think, just a ton of basketball. Agreed. Very excited. Very excited. 
I thought you were going to start. To me, there's only really one story to talk about at the beginning, and I think it's <laughs> Elena Deladon. I thought you uh, yeah. were going to want to leave with that. I mean, it's trying to start on a more positive note, but yeah, that is obviously the biggest story of the week for sure. Um, I don't know what you thought, what your reaction was when you saw the decision, but I kind of, I was like on a work call and then checked my phone afterwards and like saw that I had notification about it. It was just like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, no, I forget who posted it first in Slack, but I was like stunned, right? Just because, you know, to me knowing what we knew publicly say this time last week like we knew that she had Lyme disease I think then we were the article I had seen said she was taking 50 pills so I don't know uh if she's you know picked up 14 more pills in the last uh year or two because she said right 64 pills a day um, yeah did you see that picture by the way that's like oh, yeah. totally insane oh yeah <laughs> I, I would be interested to uh see her post a picture of her like pill boxes presumably like stacked up um uh, i'm an old fogey so i can relate to that but um like i just can't imagine how you're tracking that on a daily basis no me neither that's insane um so yeah right so we knew she had lyme disease it seemed uh kind of just a no-brainer that that would be the decision uh, with all the uncertainty right i mean tina charles i still i don't think i've unless i missed it today because i was running around a little bit i don't think we've seen a resolution on her situation and you know I don't want to speculate, but it's really all speculation. I don't, I'm I'm not aware of a public uh, piece of information the way we already knew that Elena had Lyme disease. So, you know, it just really seemed like a no brainer. I was really surprised uh, to read the um, post from her agent or the message from her agent that uh, in one of the articles, maybe Michelle Vopel's, that uh, there's like really no way to appeal it. Um, And it just, you know, I think there's lots of, I've seen, Mostly there's one take, right? I think you could sort of try to maybe put yourself in Kathy Engelbert's shoes. And, you know, I can maybe, I, I, I almost but can't quite see it. I mean, to me, and I think Mike Tebow said this is like what they're going to do, but like the most amazing part of it, and it sounds like, uh, is the mystics doctor. It seems like he was mostly deferring to the Elena's doctor, because I think Elena said in the Players' Tribune that the Mystics doctor doesn't really treat people with Lyme disease, but it just seems crazy to me that if the team's willing to pay her, uh, you know, and she's risk, you know, um, you know, feels like it's too risky, then like, why would not they just let her play her, pay her and not play, right? There's plenty of people yeah. that try to come back from injury and don't um, manage to play. And so, you know, what's the problem? And uh, it sounds like that's the direction they're finally going to go. You know, there's also still avenues around um, the marketing agreements at the team level. It's really going to be interesting to see what her relationship is now with the league office and whether they'll be happy about paying her for a league-wide uh, marketing agreement, right? Or just kind of what their relationship's uh, going to be. But I just don't understand why they would, you know, sort of decide that they need to put their foot in the ground. I mean, how do they, I am no doctor, did not stay in the Holiday Inn Express uh, <laughs> last night, as I, as I always like to say, but I just don't understand how in a world where we know so little about this disease that three doctors could sort of agree that they know so much about the risks of Lyme disease and COVID-19 that it, they know it's safer. I just don't yeah. get that. Yeah, I just don't get it either. It seems like a pretty easy case to say we just don't know so therefore we disapprove it because we don't know but yeah 
I don't know. I was still shocked. Glad to see that it seems like the mystics are going to do the right thing anyway. She's going to get paid while she rehabs her back. If she decides she wants to join the team at some point, she'll have that option. But if she doesn't feel safe, that she has that out too. So hopefully in the best of both worlds, that she'll get to stay home, stay safe, and get paid. But still kind of remarkable that the league made that decision in the first place. Yeah, and I understand, like, for Cloud and Sanders on Washington, why, like, it's safe, but they're choosing not to play, mm-hmm. um, that they've sort of made this rule that, like, okay, that's fine, you're still on the team, but, um, you know, we're not going to pay you, and, you know, you're not going to be on the salary cap, which let them sign replacements, and, you know, presumably, I don't think anyone in the league, uh, any of the players would begrudge her for feeling like she's risky. Like, it's one thing if, you know, s- some random rookie was like, oh, hey, like, wink wink I feel unsafe too uh even though they didn't and they just wanted to kind of get paid for not playing so like I sort of see how you need some kind of rules about that but that just this does not seem like the right place uh to have that ruling yeah I don't know I almost feel like the route the NWSL went where like anyone could opt out no questions asked and like get paid is maybe the right way to go just because even if you don't have a pre-existing condition like it, there is a lot of unknown so if people feel unsafe like that's I feel like a very reasonable thing to feel right so um (laughs) I feel like they kind of should have just given people a little bit more flexibility (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's really interesting that the NWSL has that rule I I was vaguely aware of it when it happened and obviously a lot of players opted out right you're the NWSL Mm -hmm. fan of the two of us (laughs) um do you know how many people I thought very few of the Olympians for instance are playing in the NWSL tournament I guess for what are we calling it yeah, so I think quite a few of the national team players opted out, but I I think it's a mix between a, there's a handful of them that opted out and there's also a handful of them that have minor injuries that are just like not playing because they're injured. So I think that's a little bit separate situation. Um, but I know I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Rapino, Heath, Press all opted out. Uh, there's definitely a few more that I'm missing that are just straight up opted out, no injury situation. So... Um, but like yeah. like you said, it wasn't a large amount, right? So like if you take a page from that, it's not like a bunch of rookies like chose to opt out, even though they should still get paid. So like how many people really would have done it if you just gave yeah. them an option? Yeah, my sense is right. If anything, because as of the two of us, as you know, I'm much more cautious about uh, the disease, right? Is that all the, you know, young uh, players and even the not so young players by WNBA standards, but young by my standards uh, would, you know, they all want to play, right? That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They're ballers. They like to play basketball. Um, that's where they want to be. Um, and so, like, I'm sure they, virtually all of them would have opted in probably – <laughs> to my concern, in fact. Uh, so it probably wouldn't have been an issue. But I do think the NWSL is the only league that's got that clause. Like the NBA players that opted out are not getting their money either, I know. Right. I'm not quite sure what's going on with Major League. I sort of have the impression, Major League Soccer, I'm sort of the impression that's what's happening with Major League Baseball is that some of the star, I think some star players, I um, don't follow baseball closely enough to, to tell you who. But um, I think a lot of them are you know, not going to get paid as well. But they have a whole <laughs> different set of labor issues there. Yeah. Yeah. I get that other leagues aren't doing it and like the NBA isn't doing it. But I mean, I think it's a different situation in that one, like the NBA, it's just part of the season, right? So those players already got paid for whatever part of the season already well, happened. I mean, like Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers was like contemplating not playing because he sort of, you know, had a, I forget what he did, but it would both be like if Stewie didn't want to play because mm-hmm. she was just concerned about the health of her body, not about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And like if he opts out and that he said he was going to opt out 
of the NBA, but still go into the bubble to be with his team. And if he didn't play, it was going to cost him like $3 million. So it's not nothing for some of these players. Yeah, I know it's not nothing, but at the same time, like it's $3 million because he makes how many million dollars during the year? Like, <laughs> I think it's a different situation than you're talking about uh, or WNBA players where like the rookies, their entire salary is like 56K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 57K. 57K. Yeah. You got to read, you got to read our CBA articles a little more closely, Megan. <laughs> but yeah, $1,000 difference either way. 57K still. And I think it's just a totally different situation yeah, not yeah, to say yeah. like that he like it's good that he's going to give up three million dollars but like i think the nba players are in a little bit different si- financial situation where giving up three million dollars is it is true different. i'm with you on that <laughs> but i also think i mean i really do think there are very few businesses in this country that are paying people not to work mm-hmm. agreed agreed that, that is like the one kind of counter agreed so, um, but yeah, no, but it's just, and then what's your take on the WNBA's only getting attention when it's negative attention, right? That the story kind of caught a lot of people's uh, interest and, you know, that only the interest comes along when things like this happen. Yeah, I kind of subscribe to the, like, there's no bad press because attention is attention, but it would be nice to see the outlets that pick up literally nothing about the WNBA other than like, the situation with the housing and then this story to like, I don't know, pick up a few games or something during the season that like is an interest that's not a negative story. Yeah. I think my hot take might be that uh, um, in fact, the uh, it's actually a good sign that they're paying attention in this case. And it's hopefully a signal that they're going to pay more, a little more attention than they have in the past. I have other concerns about uh, that, which we'll talk in a second, but I'm hoping that that is going to be the case. Yeah, I guess we'll see, but agreed. Hopefully it's just a sign that they're going to cover more throughout the season. I guess that's the optimistic way to look at it. So we'll see what happens. But Yeah, and I'm frantically Googling here as uh, we are talking, but um, I'm actually a little concerned. So at some level, I am optimistic that there is, in fact, more interest in the WNBA this year than in years past. Um, but then I'm also concerned about the uh, interest because I'm worried that WNBA is going to get swamped. In particular, right, the season starts on July 25th, and uh, the, w- the NBA is effectively playing uh, preseason games, calling them scrimmages, you know, starting Wednesday, July 22nd. So the fact is, and I think some of them are going to be broadcast. So there are going to be NBA games. Obviously, they're like, pre, you know, the equivalent of preseason games on TV before the WNBA starts the regular season. I'm, it's unclear to me, but doubtful that we'll see any of the equivalent scrimmages that may or may not happen with WNBA. So I am concerned that the kind of interest that the WNBA might have gotten in a world where it was like the only basketball going on during the summer is going to get a little bit swamped and will be totally lessened by and drowned out, I guess, by the NBA. Yeah. I think there's a risk of that. I do. Part of me feels like there's a chance that like if the bubble situation doesn't work, I feel like the NBA bubble is going to burst before the WNBA bubble is not to sound pessimistic, but like, I feel like we've already heard like five stories about things going wrong in the NBA 
bubble. So I'm not like totally sold that that's gonna yeah, hold together. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, you know, there's been more discussion about who's the NBA player more likely to break the bubble than the uh, WNBA <laughs> player more likely to break the bubble. Uh, I it'd be interesting to see how draconian the rules are. Um, I guess Dwight Howard already got busted on the NBA switch line, uh, uh, snitch line uh, for uh, not wearing a mask. But more interestingly, they um, uh, a couple of players, it sounds like one of them, uh, like basically ventured across the like probably the imaginary line in the parking lot to pick up Postmates or something, right? And uh, now he's got a quarantine. And like it's, I didn't quite realize they were going to be this strict. It's in. I think the guy has to stay in his room and like literally not leave it for I believe ten days now. Um, and I know that's what the media that is in the bubble. There's like ten people quarantining to be able to be like you know on the court, and they literally are not allowed to leave their room which apparently has a window that doesn't open. Yeah, see, I feel like for me, that would be probably be motivation enough to not break the rules. But like, I have to imagine that they told them what they were supposed to do to get takeout and it still didn't work, so. Well, and the crazy thing is they're getting all this food anyhow, right? And yet they still yeah. feel compelled to order Whatever. So yeah, I don't know who I think is most likely to break the bubble. Yeah, I'm actually, I mean, to me, the NWSL is a shiny example as far as mm-hmm. I understand it as to how a bubble could work and i gotta say the more i've been pretty pessimistic in the whole way and you know we've been tracking every day the coronavirus cases and positivity rate which is like 10 percent still in manatee county specifically where bradenton and img academy is but i kind of also believe that like in the same way that i'm being super careful around my town and not really um you know going indoors with other people that i kind of believe that they could do it um, both in the NWSL case and the uh, WNBA case. You know, the, the tournament, the uh, million-dollar winner-take-all tournament that ESPN's been showing, they did mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and they just had a very exciting finish to their championship game uh, a couple days ago, I think now. And, uh, you know, it's proof it worked. And the one thing that I loved about what they were doing is how transparent they were about the testing. They were like, I think maybe every other day they would sort of post like, hey, it's day five, and you know, three people tested positive. And then it's like, you know, hey, it's day seven and one person tested positive and day nine, zero percent tested positive. I will say one thing I'm waiting for is the next update on how many people have been testing positive in the wobble. Yeah, I don't think we've really seen anything on that. There was like a couple tweets that circulated last week that said like a couple people had, but then I never really saw anything else on it. So I don't know if that was true or not. Um yeah, we ha- really haven't heard any update on anyone in the Wubble. Yeah, the NBA, positive. I believe, put out a press release that I want to say two out of 322 players tested positive, I think, during that little quarantine procedure when they arrived. It's really all about the, uh, you know, I think establishing the bubble is the most important part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like the Atlanta Dream, you know, they signed Erica McCall, a uh, friend mm-hmm. of the program, to uh, <laughs> um, a emergency hardship uh contract which means that they had to have only nine players which you know sort of sounds like uh, in addition to everything else going on with the uh the dream that maybe three players tested positive who knows you know maybe they all broke their hand uh, or something but uh yeah something must have been going on there uh and and uh, yeah and as i said right i'd like to see the uh WNBA putting out more press releases, or at least of the same. There's no reason it shouldn't be the same frequency as the NBA press releases. 
Agreed, agreed. I think with the Dream, there's like a couple players that haven't even been like accounted for in the bubble though. So I don't really know if we know they tested positive there, elsewhere, if it's a whole different situation. <laughs> no one really seems to know what's going on. Um, I forget who it is. It's Courtney Williams, and I think there's one other at least that haven't right, been accounted right. for in the bubble. So um, I'm going to assume at this point if someone hasn't been accounted for in the bubble, they're probably not in the bubble. So, Whereas someone on Twitter said it. I can't take credit for it, but it was true. Very true that, like, I think that if Courtney Williams was in the bubble, we would know that Courtney Williams was in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd like to see uh, a little more of her dad and her, I guess, right, uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, either it's like, hey, fools, you know, hope you're having fun there while I'm <laughs> roaming around uh, George, uh, George or whatever. But um, yeah, hopefully she's, you know, we joke about it, but hopefully she's feeling healthy everybody's feeling healthy yes. um, i saw yeah. right asian durr right said that mm-hmm. she was not recovering uh, i think as effectively as uh, mm-hmm. we would hope so uh, it's, it's a reminder right that like right. you know you could be um you know compared to me right she should have <laughs> much less risk factors i think but um you know nevertheless i think if you get it it hits you hard mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. So hopefully everyone that has had it recovers quickly and fully. Um, yeah. So one other quick Washington question before I want to say one other thing about the bubble. So what is your assessment now? You know, we're thinking, everybody's thinking about, like, how good are all the teams going to be, right? What's your, your ranking or whatever? Like, where do you see – have you thought much about, like, how good Washington is going to be, uh, you know, with everybody eh? so much change from the championship team last year? Yeah, I've thought about it a little bit. I don't think they're in that top tier anymore. I don't think I'm going to shock anyone by saying that, right? Like, I don't think that they stand up there. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're probably, like, a middle of the pack team. I'm, like, struggling with where to put them, partially because I f- – I don't know. I feel like there's a risk they don't make the playoffs. That might be a mm. bold statement, but – I mean, there's just a lot of missing pieces and a lot of new pieces. There's a lot of question marks. It is a very short time to get it together. (laughs) Yeah, the question, I mean, the the way I would pose the question, I was thinking about it. Do you think they're going to be better or worse than Seattle last year with everybody out there? Worse, but Seattle was, I think, exceeded expectations um, last year. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if playoff MVP, Emma Meesman can become MVP, Emma Meesman, then. they're good to go, right? I mean, at some level, Seattle got close to that, right? <laughs> With but um, yeah, right. I think I agree. I think they're going to be worse, and so it's really just sort of all, all the cognitive biases, right? As they say, it's mm-hmm. so hard to say. Yeah, they're the defending champion. Like how how you know how can yeah. you not have them? But I think that you know so much changed that the hard to see them doing that. So it'll be interesting, right? Whether you know the analogy, I guess, at some levels, the Golden State Warriors, which it's, you know it sounded <laughs> like the coaching staff in some ways was invigorated there and so it'll be interesting to watch how the team handles it yeah agreed um i mean anything could happen right they've got a lot of new pieces so it makes for a lot of question marks which if they figure that out quickly it could be good it could be like a seattle last year where they drop off some but like not as much as everyone expects i think we'll just have to see how it plays out yeah, so we could. Uh, um, yeah, next time we talk, we can definitely be talking more basketball. But uh, I, what other thoughts do you have on the WNBA and the Wubble in general? I think 
I think the first couple of days, right, things were a little bit shaky. There was all those stories, but it seems like it was just maybe like one building where there were some issues. I feel like we haven't really heard anything negative so far since. So that makes me think that the league did what they needed to do, fixed those issues. I feel like what I've been seeing this week with all the like social media content from the teams and stuff, the courts look nice. It looks like the players are kind of having fun with the pool and the bikes and everything they've got <laughs> going on on campus. The food has see, looked better. <laughs> did you see the um, – who was it with the Lynx t- tweeted? I forget who the player was, darn, that uh, they got a nice slow-mo of her. I think, oh, yeah. The it was, water. Oh, was it Shanice? I can't think of her last name at the second. It, uh, uh, Shanice player, Johnson. Yeah. Oh, Johnson. Yeah, right. So <laughs> – yeah. um, uh yeah do it what are the, the herbal essences uh shot yeah. or whatever they call it that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious uh, shout out by the way to uh, what is it wubble tea is the have you seen that twitter feed right? <laughs> yep um, yep i'm following it yes. we should have done that on our uh, herb <laughs> stat. shout out to them that was very creative um but uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot going on there i mean my take is at some level i'm positive i think they're gonna figure out a way to make it happen but i gotta say like the more and again so i'm now much more optimistic that like the bubble will hold i think um you know perhaps that's naive optimism but overall just with all of this to me i think my number one takeaway is like this january the july 25th date it just feels rushed like i don't understand why july 25th was the date i gotta believe and i haven't like done all the math you know looked at the schedule but i think it's got to be so they can get a full two round robin schedule in but like you know there's as we talked about right there's it's unclear what the rosters are like uh, you know, at least on the NBA side and most of these other um, leagues, as far as I know, like all the decisions about the NWSL and who was in and who was out, it wasn't made while they were in Utah, right? <laughs> That's where they played Utah. Yeah. Um, same thing. A lot of the NBA players that opted out, opted out before the teams traveled to Orlando. And so, like, it's just, it, you know, there's never a good time for the Elena ruling, for instance, but it's kind of wild that they couldn't figure that out before. Uh, the team left for, uh, you know, like, like at the end of June or something, right before the team left for uh, for Bradenton. And so, you know, for all of these, there's just so much that's unclear. And it just feels like they felt like they needed to get the games in. I mean, obviously that probably has serious implications for revenue and stuff. But, like, I really would have liked to have seen them, you know, for instance, take the time to make sure, you know, to avoid some of the negative press situations. They could have gotten a benefit from that in the long term because, to me, it's still all about – you know, building next year and the year after as opposed to, to this year with the lost uh, gate and whatnot. And so, like, if they'd only had 11 regular season games and then longer playoffs or something, you know, I think that could have been a win. Instead, you know, they're working, I think, tirelessly to try and solve all these problems. I mean, I don't want to, uh, you know, make it sound uh, like I don't think they're doing their best. I think everyone's doing the best they can given the situation. Like, and they did set up these rules that WNBPA, you know, agreed to in the case of – uh, Elena specifically and like and then they just followed it and then they kind of were into the situation but I just think if they had taken more time and not pushed to get a full 22 games in you know maybe some of these other issues could have been worked through you know as an example I think the Terry Jackson right uh, the WNBPA never went to the IMG Academy that sort of came out during the uh, that first day or two and the bed bugs and whatnot. And, uh, you know, like who knows what she would have thought of Sean. But, um, you know, I wish there had been more time. And I wish there had been more time for these roster decisions and, and these medical rulings and all these kinds of things. So I don't – at the end of the day, you know, we're really not going to launch again before the WNBA starts these – the NBA starts these scrimmages. So you're not really beating basketball. 
in the public consciousness, uh, as well as the NWSL and the basketball tournaments I mentioned before. So you're kind of missing at some level that early uh, adopter, whatever, you, you know, first back kind of benefit. And so if you're not going to get that, like, why not wait and do it right? Yeah, I think a big part of it is just the scheduling and trying to get those, like, two games in, which I guess, from a regular season's perspective, I can't imagine, like, a regular season where they just play every team once. I feel like it'd be, I don't know, like, a lot would ride on all of those games, but... It works for football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they I play twice, so. I know, but, uh, yeah. right? I mean, it's not like you need to do a home-and-home -home series, right? Because yeah. it's all neutral court. So there's yeah. less pressure to play twice than they're normally... Like, I would get it if you were playing in the local markets while you'd want to do home-and-home -home series. Mm -hmm okay uh, yeah i guess that's fair i don't know it just seems like a, to have a regular your regular season would be like less games than the playoffs i don't know it'd be interesting right yeah yeah well that leads <laughs> into uh, a little discussion that we had the other day so uh we can switch to, to talking about college if you want or if you yeah, don't have anything yeah. else so yeah we were talking about um uh, uh, a college season the other day i think the big news there ivy league i think really led the way as far as canceling all fall sports right so everything mm -hmm. until january 1st and you know i think you know i've heard people trying to parse i think that's good thing about the july the january 1st date because i've heard people parsing like well does that mean once you know break starts that then they can you know falls over you can start playing in december but uh they did that patriot league uh did the same and then i think i saw today that the MIAC um, yep. also did the same yep. and so you know really starting to call into question not that it wasn't but making it a little more concrete that uh, you know we might not get college basketball or certainly not in the normal way uh, this upcoming 2020-2021 season hopefully we can call it the 2020 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> season but I guess not in the big not in the Ivy League <laughs> yeah I'm interested to see how it plays out I mean I don't think we're gonna see for a, a long while still any decisions from any of the major leagues right I mean none of the major leagues have even made any kind of decision about football at this point other than being like oh we're only gonna play conference which buys them like a week of time I, like, it <laughs> I think it's three weeks for some of them. Some of them. I, don't, I don't follow football closely anymore either but I'm pretty sure they're you know Alabama plays like three patsies uh uh, the first few weeks of the season before they uh, go to uh, a whole lot of SEC schedule. Okay, so yeah, so it buys them a couple weeks, but like, I mean, <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I do think it, like, the, is it very possible we won't be able to play college basketball until 2021? Yes. I do feel like it is a little bit early to like be like, nope, we're just not playing until 2021. Like, there's just, I mean, like, I feel like things change every day around here. So it's just kind of like, how do you make a decision on something what, like five months from now, right now? I mean, very likely the way things are going, it's not going to be possible, but I like to be naively optimistic, I guess. <laughs> I think that might be more than naively optimistic. I mean, I do agree that there's more time for uh, them to sort stuff out. But I, I also, even I think if the vaccine stuff goes well, that like we're not going to have all taken it. Oh, yeah. You can't no, possibly no. prioritize, you know, 20-year-old athletes, right? Some of yeah. the healthiest, not always, right? But some of the healthiest uh, people in the country probably uh, mm -hmm. as the ones that get the vaccine first. Um, I did hear an interesting, I was listening to the um, Ion College Basketball podcast, the men's podcast, men's basketball podcast with Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander. And I think they were talking today. They had heard um, a college coach for a smaller conference basically proposed that what they should do is when many of these schools are going on break starting on Thanksgiving, that they should sort of use that time when the campus is deserted and like, 
basically do a bunch of conference play in like a conference bubble and, you know, pick different um, schools and the different uh, conferences to host them and get a whole bunch of games in, then kind of go back to school. And then maybe somehow, I don't quite know how that would work in March, but, you know, to try and get some games in a bubble concept. But they were kind of pointing out that they just don't have the budget to uh, test people anywhere near what the WNBA or the, you know, the NBA was doing. And so like, how can you be, you know, having people go out and play, especially against people they haven't interacted with uh, that aren't kind of in their mini bubble uh, of people that they hang out with, you know, if you've been paying, you know, if you're a big time program like Tennessee or UConn and you've been testing every day and then, you know, you want to play Quinnipiac and they just don't have the budget to do that. Like, why would you sort of bring it in? So um, I think though it would be super interesting to do like a mini version. Uh, I actually think the NBA might and might need to do this next season as well. But they should just basically get rid of the regular season and just have like one giant tournament with everybody, sort of Indiana high school style. I don't think they do it that way anymore in Indiana the way they <laughs> they used to do in the time of uh, Hoosiers. Have you ever seen? Speaking of old movies, you probably haven't seen. Have you ever seen Hoosiers? No. <laughs> Gene Hackman, uh, isn't it right? Um, do, you, uh, do you know who Gene Hackman is? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I'm not shocked. That, well, I guess those two go together. <sighs> Feeling old as usual. So, um, I wonder what the age demographics are of our podcast listeners. How many of them are yelling at me, and how many of them are yelling at you right now? <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, if you're still looking for something to binge, I would recommend the Hoosiers basketball classic but um not that i've seen it lately but you know basically the, my understanding is the indiana high school tournament they every single team starts and so why not just have a you know 350 team tournament you let every conference play you know the, the tournament starts sort of in the conference and so uh basically the conference tournaments become part of the ncaa tournament you know you can sort of do it on site and then bring people together at the end just the conference uh, champions and so that'll make the conference tournaments even more meaningful and yeah sure like matchups that might have happened in the final four or uh, you know the elite eight between two conference teams are now happening in the round of you know 64 or something but that could actually make you know the basketball that much more interesting at every step along the way and that you know some you know the big power conference championships will be amazing and then you know, much more on the line than they have been in the past. And then you sort of bring, uh, you know, a smaller number of teams together in one site for a kind of a mini bubble, you know, probably even a different schedule. So they're all in the hotels uh, for a shorter period of time and uh, see if you can make it happen that way. Yeah, that would be fun. It won't happen, but it'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not from like, it's actually like from a woman's perspective, it's way more realistic. From the men's perspective, there's no way any like power conference school is going to be like agree to just having one team from their conference get to some stage of the tournament to get money. There's no way. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, for the men's <laughs> side, they would have to probably change how they allocate it because right now all the money from the tournament they get these shares that are based right. on how far they advance. So yeah, like if a conference gets two or three teams in the final four, it's incredibly lucrative, but you know, I think all bets are off this year. Right. And so eh, the money will still win. It will happen. <laughs> yeah. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah. Well then maybe run it in. Yeah. I don't know. But I'd still love to see it. Okay. Sure. And then the nice thing is for the, you know, it does keep the cost down, I think, a little bit. So, yeah, um, which I think that. is going to be crucial, right? Especially on the women's side. You know, mm -hmm. the, I, I'm not, I am under the impression that the NCAA is not bringing in positive 
money overall yeah. um, from the women's tournament. So, you know, you're trying to do it in a cost-effective way. So I think it'd be a ton of fun. Mm. Yeah, no, I do agree. It would be a ton of fun. I just don't see it actually being happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there's other people thinking of other crazy ideas. Right, what was – you were telling me about another one, I think? Um. Yeah, we talked about someone taking – shout out to Joe Lonardi. I'm taking his bracketology class right now. We talked about it a little bit on my class on Monday night um, about maybe a, like an expansion of the field for like this year because talking about it from the perspective that a lot of people are starting to go to this idea that it's possible that only league games will get played, so only conference games. There won't be any non-conference games. So then how do you decide how to seed the bracket and like what the best 64 best teams are when you're only playing – conference games so you don't really have a good metric to determine like you know how do you know that the ACC is better than the uh like than the Pac-12 Mac. don't say it <laughs> or whatever but like I was like, trying to think of like a little guy but yeah like how do you know that the ACC is better than the Missouri Valley or whatever but there's like no you know overlap between any of the games so if you played with like an expanded field to make up for the fact that your data is just inherently worse basically because of the way the league season set up yeah like how do you can tell if the sixth best team in the acc or whatever is better than the second best team in uh missouri valley is uh right. you know it's impossible right you don't exactly. know if you've got an aberrational year where a team is better and yeah it's just it's not a fair thing so yeah the other thing you could do right is basically if you're not gonna have every team participate have um like every team that's over 500 in conference play mm-hmm. it's a little more i think than that but it's not really that many more uh, teams and so and then the nice thing is though you'll get the benefit of having teams from every league in which will be kind of a nice uh cherry on top to uh mm-hmm. from the tournament aspect and the chance for upsets yep agreed yeah i guess we will see it's also unknown right now i don't know hopefully people will just start like wearing their masks which like really doesn't seem that much to ask and then we'll get to have a season but <laughs> you know <laughs> it does not i will encourage people to wear their masks like i said i mean my strategy has been less wearing masks but just don't be in a situation yeah. where you need to wear a mask like that's the best solution uh, yes. obviously that's not impossible and i'm definitely very fortunate uh where i live and you know um that I'm able to do a lot of work uh, remotely not everyone has that choice but uh yeah we need to come together as a country come together as a women's basketball community that that chart the ncaa posted today sort of showing you know they had like the trend line and you know just looks like you know we still wouldn't be quite as good as europe uh and the other regions that they showed in that chart but we'd be so much closer and instead it just picked up because everybody uh you know got tired and you know people are tired here we're you know talking about colleges uh as a parent, right? Everyone, I'm not going to say as a father for daughters, if I'm not, but um, you know, our school district hasn't quite decided what they're doing, and but it sounds like probably there's going to be in-person learning, and at some level, you know, it's like important to have the kids there for all the kind of social and uh, emotional development as well as just learning stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just think if we all go back to doing what we we're doing in the beginning of March, then the virus is going to spread like it was then. So um, I think it's Jane McManus, right, has said. Uh, the great writer, she has said that, you know, sports is our reward for doing the right thing or yeah. something to that effect, right? Like if well, we do but, a good job, sports is, is what we get. In yeah. So let's uh, encourage everybody yeah. listening uh, to do the right thing, tell their friends, you know, regardless of kind of where you are in the country and what the prevailing uh, yes. wisdom is in your community. You know, every I, I definitely have seen a lot of 
I think did the SEC put something out that was like the college football coaches basically telling people wear a mask so we can have football on the ball? I don't know if they did, but if they haven't, they should because I feel like <laughs> that's what they, I mean, like in Connecticut, they had Gino do like a PSA about wearing your mask because everyone in Connecticut knows that. Like that's probably the most prominent feature, figure for people to listen to. So <laughs> he is the highest paid person in the state, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, our highest paid person uh, paid by your taxes, I guess, is the way. Yeah. Paid by the state government. Uh, definitely some wealthier people in the state of Connecticut. Yes. So um, yeah, that's another topic, right? whether uh, we can get uh, some of the other wealthy people that love basketball and women's basketball to investigate uh, investing or purchasing uh, women's professional sports franchises. <laughs> right? so, uh, that's topic for another day. So, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's getting a little late here. I know that uh, we both have a few other things to do tonight. So uh, thanks a lot, Megan, for hopping on. I will ask all of our uh, listeners out there to be sure to um, – you know, subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend. We're always looking for, you know, more folks to listen. It's always gratifying when we hear people say they really enjoy uh, what we're doing. You know, we enjoy what we're doing. So we hope there are a few other people in the world uh, that do as well. Um, but it's really uh, helpful as far as spreading the word and letting more people find out about the podcast, find out about the newsletter, find out about the stats site. And like I said, we've got uh, a lot of stuff that we're excited about uh, to roll out in the next uh, week or two. And definitely would encourage everybody to uh, you know follow us on Twitter uh, as well. Yes, definitely. And be on the lookout for those WNBA stats coming soon. Yeah, more podcasts. We have, yeah, we have a uh, exciting guest coming up uh, for next week that John, I think, did the interview today for. So that'll be great. Yes, definitely. So yeah, make sure you're subscribed so you get that right on wherever you're listening, whenever it's out. Thanks, Aaron, for joining. Ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.